you know what they say. Fool me once, strike one. But fool me twice, strike three. Look at the photos they used. This photo was taken five years before the couple met. You can't use photos <laughs> from five years ago. It's a documentary, not Tinder. <laughs> it was a bit close to home for a few of you there. <laughs> but if you're using historical photos of Harry, you are playing with fire. <laughs> hey. I could have done the strip billiards, but I didn't. <laughs> I'm not saying their life isn't tough, but you can't use random photos to sell your story. Hey, you watching this uh, Harry and Meghan? Uh, it's been painful. They come off like such whiny <laughs> I gotta tell you, man, when those two start whining about wah, 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 it's just very weird to watch two people who keep screaming, we wanted our privacy. And then what is their special? that they put out on Netflix showing you them where and their kids and their life. It's like, a, it's like the Kardashians, except boring. It seems so hypocritical. You want to be left alone, but then you sell a special on Netflix. Where do you go with this? Is this your career? Talking about how humiliated you were being part of, I don't know, living in a castle. It looks pretty terrific to me. Harry and Meghan documentary. I found it a little bit boring. It felt like this entire documentary was about how famous we are. If you're being trolled by the media, the royal family gave you the advice to say nothing because that's the advice that most very famous people are given. If you add gasoline to a fire, the fire blows up even bigger. I do think that Harry and Meghan contradict themselves a lot. And one specific instance is this idea of developing an entire documentary around hating the press when you're using the press. And I think that that is a weakness of Harry and Meghan's constantly comparing themselves to Diana. Diana did not need media. Diana received media and found a way to make it um, you know, she found a way to use it in her favor. Harry and Meghan are now celebrities. They're, you know, they're they're less royal, more celebrity, more entertainers. They need the media. The fact that they're complaining about all of this press intrusion, this 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 lack of privacy to reality TV cameras, basically, uh, I do think the world is waking up to some of the hypocrisy when it comes to Harry and Meghan. Love the British monarchy. You've come to the right place. Welcome to the To Die For Daily podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Take it away, Kinsey. Where's my phone? Okay. Hey, guys. Kinsey Schofield here with the To Die For Daily podcast. And I just got this Google alert from a, it looks like Reddit. I love Kinsey and her podcast, but she hasn't uploaded a new episode for almost a month. I know I've, I, I'm so busy and whoever said this, hi, you are the reason why I'm sitting down tonight and I am going to force this upload. I mean, I know, you know, I've been busy. Um, Harry and Megan have kept me incredibly busy. I went to Boston 
If you are curious about that, I'm going to drop that recap in here. I filmed a recap the day I got back from Boston, just hasn't been uploaded yet. And I kept meaning to do separate uploads, but I think I'm just going to put them all in one long podcast, like goodbye 2022. Here's everything that's happened in the last month. Went to Boston, Harry and Meghan's show, docu-series, reality show, let's call it what it is. Reality show was released. And honestly, I've I did. I filmed a Princess Diana documentary recently. I've had an ear infection. There's just been a lot going on. And so I'm so sorry to everybody that's mad at me about not uploading the podcast. But yeah, here's how I'm going to lay this out. I have a great conversation with Christo about episodes four through six. I think that you'll enjoy that. I've had a couple of conversations with Talk TV's Jeremy Kyle. I'll include some sound bites from that because I think you might enjoy that as well. And I have an amazing interview with Chef Johnny from Twitter, our friend. I know you love him the way I love him. Also, quickly, I just want to point out, I have been trying to secure a guest, but you know, if I'm this crazy, they're crazy too. Angela Levin was like, girl, there's no way. I'm real, real busy. <laughs> and then... One of my guests, I'm not going to call them out. They stood me up. So thank you to Chef Johnny for sliding in and coming to the rescue. I have a great interview scheduled for next month. Another another guest from Bravo that told me she would do it. it acknowledged the pictures I sent her of Kate in Boston, but did not acknowledge me trying to schedule our chat. Just, I mean, it's just been crazy and I can't stress to you enough. All I want to do is watch very unrealistic Hallmark movies about a mildly attractive woman and an incredibly attractive man that fall madly in love with each other amongst the snow, okay? Plaid, pine, that's all I want to do. And instead, Beyonce just texted. <gasps> Shut up. Just checking in. Just checking in, just casual. What a nightmare. And then I, I saw somebody say, like, I'm turning on Harry and Meghan. I don't know if I, I always just tried to be, I come from a journalistic background, so I always just try to be fair. Also, when you are critical of Harry and Meghan, um, you are, as I'm sure you're fully aware, accused of some very unpleasant things. And so I've been careful. But I, I've actually been pretty critical of them for a while now. I'd say um, at least, well, I've become more critical of them since the queen died because I feel like either they knew she was sick and they were acting dubiously or they didn't know she was sick, but they knew she was old and they were still malicious in their actions. That entire docu-series is just full of such hate and anger and bitterness like what do you mean it's a love story you guys are so mad could you is this what happiness looks like no thanks i wish i had more content after the first three episodes i did a lot of television but I, it was so boring i didn't really know what to say Everybody understands that it's a rebranding. It's a strategy by the Sussexes. They are concerned about their popularity in the States, and they are trying to redirect um, the people's attention. Uh, they want people 
to like them. Obviously, the Diana comparisons are very unrealistic, but obviously you're going to do that because everyone loves Princess Diana. Um, you know, the, the palace was incredibly worried about this series. And after seeing the first three episodes, they kind of sat back and went, oh, OK, that's all you got. I'm also, you know, getting the sense that the palace is less fearful of spare Prince Harry's upcoming book because you've thrown it all out there. I mean, if you watched the Oprah interview, if you watch this documentary, it's just Oprah plus. Oh, goodness me. Does this finishing of the chapter mean that you're closing the door on your family? Are you putting behind your uh, royal titles as well? Well, that we know, Rita, that they're not going to give up their royal titles because they love to monetize off of not only victimhood, uh, but these royal titles um, that they are using right now to profit off of their family and, and slandering their family. Uh, you know, I, I'm really disappointed in them. And I think years from now, we're going to study how two people that contributed so little to society were able to create such division, not only in America, but all over the world. Oh, absolutely. That, and, and brought so much stress to the Queen in her final years. And I think that is just unforgivable because she deserved better. It makes us more critical and um, sceptical of them because we're just finding out that they weren't telling us the truth along the way. Um, you know, and I... I I don't I know you said you haven't watched this, but I sat through three hours of it and they're not even married yet in the in this in this thing. I mean, so you feel they're God. kind of milking it because there's not actually a huge amount to say. But I want to say something else to you, Kinsey, because I've known you for a little while. We've never met in person, but you've been out all day defending the royal family of this country. Now, I know that you are a lover and a patriot of America, but I want to thank you on behalf of the people of the United Kingdom for everything that you've done for us today. Things didn't get annoying and, I mean, of course you could also list all of the inconsistencies in episodes one through three, but I didn't get unhappy. I didn't get hostile until episodes four through six because I really feel like they are so grossly unfair to Prince William Actually, here, really quickly, let's just take a listen to a short clip of me talking to Jeremy Kyle. I'll tell you, I'd like to bring in now. Um, uh, she's a regular to this show. I love this lady. Uh, she's someone who's actually not far from Harry and Meghan's modest Montecito mansion in L.A. for us. Royal commentator and host of the To Die For Daily podcast, Kenzie Schofield. I know this. We've talked about this earlier. He's apoplectic, William, that Diana's uh, panorama interview was used, just a snippet of it. Harry and Meghan will have known that, won't they, Kinsey? Yeah, it, it does feel like Harry and Meghan are trying to hijack the entire Princess Diana legacy and memory and favorability. It seems like they're trying to steal that mm. uh, so that people automatically like them or sympathize with them. And it does make royal watchers feel like, where does Prince William fit into this? We know how close William was to his mother. And when they were younger, Emily... Um, Emily talked about William protecting Harry. That's what they did all throughout his childhood. He protected Harry from all of the horrible things happening behind the scenes. Sarah? Yeah, that's true. And actually, when Harry came back from his deployment to Afghanistan and he was really upset that he'd had to be pulled out because news of his presence yep. there had leaked, and he was doing media interviews uh, when he'd landed, and William was there, and William was watching him, and it was William who very quickly recognised 
that Harry had had enough and this wasn't good and they needed to get him out. And that was the protective older brother. We didn't get any of that. Charles was pretty much airbrushed from the first three episodes. He was. Didn't get a mention. Uh, I think perhaps came away quite lightly in this compared to what we might have expected. Wait, apart wait, from wait for spare. Wait for, for the book, of wait for the book. Yeah. Do, you think the, do you think the book is going to slag his father off? I think the book is going to go further than Netflix, partly because... When's the book out, by the way? 10th of January. Right. Book end, put it in your diaries, everybody. Sorry, Kinsey, sum up. Does your opinion of them change over these six episodes? I mean, yeah, I feel like they're overexposed. They're, they were so much more valuable when there was some mystery to them, and I feel like um, the, the most heart breaking moment was Megan crying over the harassment she received online that would have made a great documentary yeah. that right there but to slander Prince William that's where they completely lost me obviously we know William never wanted that panorama interview shown ever again and Harry sprinkles it throughout this Netflix series it's so unfair it's so cruel and it's it's just the ultimate slap in the face. The idea of Harry and Meghan not being protected is pretty ludicrous. What do you say, Kinsey? I, d I mean, I do think that people are, are looking at some of these inconsistencies. The palace did protect Meghan. The palace is, continues to protect Meghan against these bullying accusations. Release the bully report. They lied about the Saudi earrings to protect Meghan. Um, they lied about why certain members of her staff were quitting, saying that they were moving abroad, when in reality they just went over to, <laughs> to work with Prince William. So there are several instances that are documented where the palace protected Harry and Meghan. They're continuously caught in lies and the world is starting to recognise it and they're questioning their integrity. I agree. Dickie? Kinsey's absolutely right. The Palace is protecting Meghan even now, despite what they're saying on Netflix, by not releasing that report that they conducted. They could release it, all hell could break loose, but they're not releasing it. They might do in the... Uh, and presumably, time. with respect to the royal family institution, which is getting battered all day, they could release... Uh, comments, not just that report. They could release a response to none of this, but they haven't said a word, they're have not, they? They're not so is that not protecting these two or they're spouting their stuff? They're not going to bow to their narrative. I've said it a couple of times, but I really feel like Tyler Perry was a key ingredient in this docuseries. He was such a necessity because they needed somebody that has a really great reputation to give a testimonial about them, to, to speak on their behalf, somebody that Americans already trust and love. Do you understand the anger here at a man who got out of Canada as they were about to close their borders to go to Tyler Perry's mansion? How did you know Tyler Perry? Oh, there you go. Whilst people across the world were suffering from COVID and people were dying on the streets. It's a bit tone deaf, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think that they're being very strategic in trying to align themselves with not only the memory of Princess Diana, but Tyler Perry, who is universally loved here in the States. You know, that's just that's the best endorsement they could possibly have, having Tyler Perry sit there and talk about how they were abused by the British royal family because people trust and love Tyler Perry. But Diana's scenario was completely different. She did not, you know, that attention was on her whether she liked it or not. Yeah. And Harry and Meghan are having to court this media attention to maintain their entertainment pursuits. I agree. Okay, so I have... Okay, so... Oops. 
All right. Just to let you know, if you are interested in my trip to Boston, you can listen now. It's approximately a 30 minute long recap. I'm riding solo. I do talk Lady Susan Hussey and Sister Space briefly, but if you don't want to hear about my trip to Boston and you want to go straight into the Harry and Meghan documentary, skip ahead 30 minutes starting now. Kinsey here with the Today for Daily podcast. Thanks so much for tuning in. This is a solo episode of the Today for Daily podcast. I just got home from Boston and I wanted to give you a a little recap, I guess, of my trip before A, I got too busy. I mean, let me tell you about my week. I've over the last few weeks, I've said, I just need a I just need a break because the royal news has been crazy. Not only has it been crazy, but it's been an uh, you know, a level of toxic that I'm not comfortable with. And so I just I keep thinking, I just need a break. Well, here comes Boston, here comes Invictus promo, here comes Netflix trailer, here comes Netflix series. So I just wanted to sit down and tell you about Boston before the chaos hit. I didn't know I was going to really go until about 30 minutes before my plane took off. My bags were not packed. I just had a weird feeling. I know a lot of it is my um, separation anxiety I have from my dogs. And this is a real thing. Don't laugh at me. But I hate being away from my dogs. And so I dreaded being away from my dogs. Nervous about going to a city I've never been to before. Nervous about... um, you know, just again, like I said, the royal commentary, the royal watching community, it's been pretty difficult over the last few weeks. The stories are pretty uh, heavy. And I went into this because it was fun. And sometimes it's not fun. And when it's not fun, I like to take a step back and find the fun. And that is what this was, this this trip to Boston, this Earthshot visit. And Andrew Morton said in one of my recent podcasts that royal reporting and royal watching was some of the best fun you can have with your clothes on. And that is hilariously true. Um, my, this trip to Boston was 24 hours. Uh, it was a blast. And it was r- incredible to be so close to William and Catherine. In fact, as you know, I... I go to London regularly for these big royal events and I've never been so close to William and Catherine as I was in Boston and to see them up close to see them in person oh my gosh it was the coolest experience it was the coolest experience and they are a beautiful couple they're beautiful together and they're so poised and the way they move they're sophisticated and and kind. They radiate, truly, they radiate sincerity. They radiate kindness. But specifically with William, I love how he radiates um, confidence. And Chris, my fiance, he said to me last night as I was packing up my things, getting ready to get on my flight this morning, he said, oh, that's so cool that you saw a piece of Diana's jewelry tonight. And I was like, I saw a piece of Diana tonight. I saw Prince William. I saw a piece of Diana. I mean, that, I mean, the the jewelry is cool too, but William being Diana's son, um, that is incredible. Oh my gosh. She's so handsome. I don't know. I, this was just such a fun experience for me. And I met a girl named Kristen with an I, I N. She's a costume designer. She lives in both LA and Boston, works a lot in Atlanta 
and she loves the royal family. She went to Harry and Meghan's wedding in Windsor. Uh, she, you know, likes to do this where she watches the royals and, and gets a glimpse of, glimpse of them and and handshakes and everything. And and I met her while we were waiting for Catherine at Harvard, and she was hilarious. I really enjoyed her company. Um, she, talking about how we were we we got there pretty early and got a good great space. We just wanted to see her. So we were pretty strategic in our placement and um, a woman walked up with a baby and stood next to us. And she was like, this is really good. Catherine loves babies. I mean, how hilarious that that's the way she was thinking, but she was very strategic in everything she did. She's like, well, I suspect that the car will come from the North. And I was really happy to meet Kristen. Yeah. Catherine was just so beautiful and so sweet. Um, I was amazed by the security presence but at the same time I was amazed at how attainable and close they were and how they were so willing to stop and talk to you and to touch you I mean it's it was a very cool thing to witness and I have the cutest picture of her on my Instagram if you haven't seen it at Kinsey Schofield she's just beautiful she's just perfect which is a lot of pressure. I will say the um, scariest thing, I think I felt for her deeply when she got out of the car. And this to me, maybe is because she was alone, but she got out of the car and about 900 cell phones were on her. I mean, and just the sea of people, all these different levels of cell phones. And I thought, man, you've got to be a very confident person to be comfortable with that and I mean I was I was one of them too I'm guilty of trying to grab a picture of her um, but I did sympathize with her because it's like she's a human and does she like all of that all of those people taking her picture I mean I imagine sometimes she just wants people to be there and present and in the moment um, but at the same time this is such a rare opportunity we haven't seen her in eight years and and i do wonder if i'm truly sympathizing with her or if i feel this guilt because she was alone because that evening at earthshot when everybody was doing it it felt like oh well this is an event this is a big event this is an exciting event there are tons of celebrities here so i you know i'm not bothered by all of the cell phones but when she stepped out of the car alone and all of these cell phones popped out. I thought, wow, there's a magnifying glass on her and that's gotta be uncomfortable, but she handles it with grace. Obviously she handles it so well by this time, I imagine she's used to it. So I left Thursday night on a red eye. I did not sleep there. I had a very talkative passenger next to me. And my hotel was so gracious in allowing me to check in at 6 a.m. I've almost 10 hours before the check-in. No, it had, no, 10 hours, literally 10 hours before the check-in, not almost, 10 hours before I was supposed to check in. Derek at the front desk let me in early. God bless his soul. I uh, got dressed in some very warm clothing and headed to JFK museum where secret service told me to leave <laughs> they were like you know the president is gonna be here right as i'm like watching all of these bomb sniffing dogs and i'm like well i'm not here to see him i'm here to see prince william okay um but i took the hint and i left and but not before tweeting 
that I had the scoop. Prince William and Joe Biden were headed in that direction. Then I went over to Fenway to take a look at the Earthshot venue, beautiful venue. Uh, again, was surprised by like the lack of other people hanging around there because I just assumed that people would get in place like 24 hours before the event to make sure that they got the best spot. Uh, gra grabbed some pictures from that beautiful green carpet, tweeted those out, then headed over to Harvard to, to see what the status of Catherine was, got a great spot there, made some new friends, distributed some To Die For Daily stickers. Let me know if you got one. Um, and um, saw Catherine. That was great. My phone is dying at this point. So I decided to head back to the hotel. I'd really love to eat something. I'm kind of tired, but I don't have time to nap. So I chart. Oh, and I had an interview with Talk TV. You might have seen that where they, the host says something like, you know, I'm hearing that the tour is floundering. And I was like, what? I just left Catherine, multiple helicopters in the sky, hundreds of people screaming for her. Tour's doing okay. According to some American media, the Prince and Princess of Wales' tour is floundering. Joining us live from Boston, Massachusetts, is Kinsey Schofield. Kinsey, thanks so much for joining us. Good evening to you. Well, it's evening over here anyway. Um, tell me, why is it floundering? What's gone wrong, would you say? Vanessa, I, I was actually surprised to hear you say that. I just stood in line to see um, Kate. She was at Harvard to learn all of the new ways that science is looking to improve children's lives. And there was a huge crowd, helicopters, multiple helicopters in the sky. And I was asking them, are you are you are you upset over some of the scandals? Are you upset over Lady Susan Hussey? Are you upset over Meghan and Harry's documentary? And everybody was saying, no, no, we're just here to see Catherine, the Princess of Wales. So I'm I'm actually curious to know who's saying that because the energy here, Vanessa, is very good and it's very positive. I flew over from Los Angeles. That's I mean, and, and people coming from all over the place flew into Boston for this. So that was not an isolated incident. Um, I thought the tour went really well. But anyway, so I do my interview. I charge my phone. I get out a little bit later than I wanted to back over to Fenway and make friends with a manager at one of the bars across the street from the venue so I can scout the best spot to, to do my people watching. Of course, I gave them some to die for daily stickers. I don't I don't think it's a bribe, but some might consider it a bribe. Waited for William and Catherine with bated breath. Was so excited to see them again. Catherine looked absolutely stunning. This is my first close-up Prince William sighting. I, my gosh, my heart fell into my butt. He's so handsome. They were so happy and confident and content and... Um, I love the way that th it's teamwork. Oh, uh, I talked to Stephen and Ann on, on GB News technically this morning, although I did. I never know. The time zones wipe me out. Stephen said this on GB News Breakfast. He said, you know, when with William and Catherine, everything looks effortless. You know, they are in sync. And, you know, in comparison, he said, Harry and Meghan, it just looks very orchestrated. And I thought that that was an interesting take. I thought that that was, you know, a very interesting um, takeaway from him. Good point. So then after Earthshot, 
came back. By now, I haven't slept in 24 hours and I have had a granola bar to eat. So I um, went absolutely ham on some carbs from across the street. I ate fettuccine Alfredo because I just wanted to hit the the sheets hard. I needed to nap. I had a 2 a.m. hit with GB News, Stephen and Ann, which I just told you about. Then my flight, I needed to be at the airport by six. All right. So I land, have to rush home, talk TV with Kevin O'Sullivan. Great conversation about the Harry and Meghan Netflix documentary and how it affected the Earthshot event. Uh, Lady Susan Hussey. I would say the least likely reason they were booing was the race row concerning Lady Susan Hussey, who none of them will have heard of, right? No, absolutely not. And I and I just want to stress, I totally agree with you about Lady Susan Hussey. 83-year-old, 83-year-old woman has hearing issues. I mean, and I almost said that at the beginning, but I didn't want everybody to be like, you're so racist, you're making excuses, but this is a woman that has hearing issues. And, you know, I think, and she's also, her job was to walk around, get bits and pieces of information about people because that's what she takes over to the queen consort, Camilla, before she meets them. So Camilla is a bit familiar with the individual before she shakes their hand and talks to them. This was completely blown out of proportion. Cancel culture is disgusting. Yes, let's slander an 83-year-old woman. So for the rest of her life, when you Google her, she's accused of being a racist after 60 years of not taking a paycheck to work for the crown like how disgusting are we do you know what i do kids well every time i go to a party um yeah I, well I, ali ross just said well said and i second that emotion uh well said kinsey exactly right but you know when i go to a party what i always do is i take a tape recorder with me and a, a little notebook and if anybody says anything that i don't like i write it down i rush outside <laughs> and i put it straight onto twitter that's normal exactly isn't it? But it's just like Meghan Markle. I mean, how it's so convenient that cameras are around when you're breaking down and for every nervous breakdown and it makes it into the trailer. Mm. Every time I ugly cry, I'm not asking people to take my photo or calling a camera crew to capture it. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. You can uh, ugly cry if you try, Kinsey. Uh, <laughs> oh, but listen you, to him. But what about... But what about <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, actually, you can. <laughs> she just did it. <laughs> um, what about that, though? I mean, there's the kiss in the trailer and then there's the crying moment at the end and the, my personal favorite was that you know who knew prince harry was bob dylan that bit at the beginning is playing <laughs> yeah. the guitar where'd that come from i just think that this was a huge mistake for them and i don't know if you saw the story in the i believe it was the sun in the daily mail um discussing the fact that the queen was taking so many calls from harry because prince charles refused to and when the queen said would you please take his calls what's going on charles said i am not a bank yeah. so i mean it just again the word desperate comes to mind they were the, he harry was broke he needed money so they signed they signed their souls away to netflix and i think ultimately they're going to regret this decision because i do think that they are speak becoming villains to not just the people that weren't, didn't necessarily like them to begin with. I think the, this opens them up to much more criticism on, on a global scale. I'm here with you now. Just need a break. I'm going to probably crawl in bed, try to take another nap. I've got Christo tonight on Talk TV. I'm sure we'll do a recap of some of the things I just told you about. But, and I maybe I'll drop some of those um, sound bites in so you can hear some of the conversations. <laughs> 
that no matter how angry William is, they say, well, there's no going back for William. Mm -hmm. He's insulted his wife, the love of his life. There's no going back. But no matter how angry William is, William does not want anyone talking negatively about Harry to him. And I think that tells us exactly the kind of man William is. He, you know, you wake up, I imagine, over there, Mark, and thank God that William is the heir because he is a true leader. He has a good heart and he is a good man. Look, I just want to say this. Ultimately, I just feel like it wouldn't definitely not negatively affect the viewership potential if you released that trailer a week earlier. Why try to harm a really good initiative, you know? Harry and Meghan are always talking about being kind. and When they go low, we go high. You know, this is William trying to make the world a better place. I, literally, literally. He's challenging people to come up with ways to repair the world. For not just you and me, but for future generations. This is a tangible initiative where people are creating things that visually we can see a result, you know? I don't understand why you would try to throw a grenade in the middle of that unless you are completely out for yourself. I, I'm really disappointed by it. I'm disappointed by Harry and Meghan. I don't like, I mean, it just was like such a low blow. I, you know, in America, we use the word petty. Petty is how I felt the last week went. Anyway, so honestly, listening to all this, having to debate this, going on TV debating this, having people write me horrible messages because I'm saying I think it's cruel that we're canceling an 83-year-old woman who's never been accused of anything like this before. The messages in my inbox were appalling. Yeah, so no, I did not want to go to Boston for Earthshot. I was overwhelmed. I was emotional. I was exhausted. I was emotionally exhausted. The tone had gotten toxic and I didn't want to go. But you know what? I am so glad I did because it was a blast. But it's amazing how we can, we, it's amazing how things just go south so quickly and, and how we can put a damper on things. I mean, I just, the drama sometimes involved in being a royal watcher is ridiculous. I can't believe I've been talking for 20 minutes. I was like, I'll just do a quick 15 minute review of my trip to Boston. It was awesome. I saw William and Catherine. They were biblical, but it was a great trip. It was a quick trip. I'm uh, so tired. And um, why does my Wi-Fi not work on Delta flights? That was a very frustrating as well. Now I'm just rambling. So I'm going to let you go. You're so over it. You're so over yeah done all right let's jump into harry and megan's reality show christo i just wanted to make my side of the argument known so i'm wearing my queen elizabeth christmas sweater <laughs> queen as we discussed this the harry and megan documentary <laughs> i love that i mean the, the problem is i'm sorry i know i'm supposed to get your opinion but i'll give you mine first um i love that I think there were two strands within the documentary that were extremely interesting. 
and would have made brilliant documentaries that they could have made for Netflix, which they still could have sold, which still would have been really credible in my mind without them sagging off their family. One yes. is, a, is a documentary authored by Harry about the palace and its relationship and the history of the palace and the press. I think yes. that, that that was some of the most interesting stuff about in their documentary about the quid pro quo, the way in which the offices are with each other, the way in which the relationship with the press has changed since the press was quite subservient to wanting to be more critical of the royal family, whether that's a good or a bad thing. All of that right. I found really interesting. And I think there was another documentary which could have been authored by her, Meghan, about the way in which royal women have married into the royal family, the history of that, the successes of that. Let's not forget uh, Elizabeth Bowes Lyon, the Queen Mother, married into the royal family. Great success that was. And the men that married into the royal family, those that have worked, Tim Lawrence being a big success story as well, and those that haven't. What happens when people marry into that family um, and whether women get a worse deal by doing so from the press. Both of those could have been great journalistic documentaries, but they missed that chance and they've chosen instead to actually criticise not only the institution but family members themselves. What do you make of what I've just said? I think that there's a compelling argument for online harassment, you know, that I... I know people are mad at me when I say this, but I sympathized with Megan when she was crying, saying that that bullying really affected her I, negatively. I, I agree. Hold up. We interrupt this podcast as Nate the Lawyer has receipts. Now, it may shock you to know that Twitter actually came out when this report was published and said, quote, no evidence of widespread coordination on Twitter. I, I thought that was a very fair uh, comment that she made about some of the, the death threats that she'd had and how that could have been actually the perspective of marrying into the royal family that yes. she brought that none of the other women prior to her had actually experienced. So that would have been something new and it wouldn't have meant going in on the family. There, there is interesting stuff and interesting content they could have come up with based on their positions, but they've made a decision to actually want to criticise the family. It was vengeance, Christo. I mean, I don't... How can you sit through six hours of point-by-point point complaining? The avocado story again, the bump story again. I mean, we're going over absolutely every complaint they've ever had, complaining about their house, complaining about Nottingham Cottage, where William and Catherine lived comfortably for years. The, the ultimate story could have been an hour and a half or a two-hour documentary. Uh, it was so much filler of just absolute ego, like, driven misery. And also, uh, I felt myself scratching my head a little, thinking, is this really about a story about an avocado? I mean, is this, this is your biggest thing you're annoyed about. And it, 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 what it brought to the surface again for me was, oh, my, you forgot the people that loved you. You focused mm -hmm. in and you honed in on some of the negative headlines. You did have negative headlines, but who yeah. cares? Who cares that you had some negative headlines? Who cares that some of the headlines you had, that some of the stories about you weren't true and there weren't corrections put out? Really? Who cares? And it's, it is, I mean, it is without a doubt that there were a couple of articles 
that had racist undertones. And there were a couple that were more classist, actually. They were more sort of like... But, in fairness, that's precisely what Kate went through. Kate had articles about her appearance, about her looking tired, about her looking bedraggled, about her being uneducated, about her Overweight. not working. They talked about her weight. Yeah, they talked about her being, uh, yep, uh, whether she was underweight, overweight, whatever it was. They spoke mm -hmm. about whether she worked, whether she was not very bright. They spoke so much about her family, about whether they were being party planners, they were basically um, of the wrong class to marry into the royal family. Her nickname in school and in the newspapers was Doors to Manual. There was an awful lot of classism shown towards Kate, and she put her head down, got on with it, and once they've run out of things to say about all of that, they move on. And I think that there's an interesting conversation to be had about the way in which the press go in on some people. I do think that's a fair conversation to be had, but I don't know whether that's what Harry and Meghan intended with this. Well, you said just right right there, you said, then they move on. I, I sent you these notes. I don't know if you have them in front of you, but in episode four, Harry says, I wonder what would have happened to us had we not gone out when we did. And I made the, the point, COVID-19 would have happened. And Harry and Meghan, everything would have calmed down and de-escalated. Harry and Meghan could have done all of these engagements from Frogmore. Things would have settled down with the family. And Harry and Meghan would have like, looked like heroes doing all of the work from home Zoom videos that the other royals did, the Queen and Prince William. I thought that was a great way for the royal family to connect to the world. And, uh, you know, I think ultimately the royal family looked amazing throughout the pandemic because it did feel like we they were so much more attainable through this through the zoom system and everything and so I, I i thought when he said that i don't know what would have happened if we didn't get out when we did i thought my god things would be better because covid 19 would have hit you could have been at home and you could have you know there would be distance from the family but everything could have just calmed down it felt like it feels like these two have absolutely no patience no patience whatsoever and they're, they're just so incredibly jealous of William and Catherine. And if you did not get that sense in episodes one through three, four through six was all you needed to see. Because, I mean, I, I break it down per episode here, and I don't know if you want to go in chronological no, go, order. Go on. But... Tell, me, tell me how you feel about each episode. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> well, you know, in episode five... Um, who, who is the mystery person blocking Harry and Meghan from the Queen? Why are they so vague about these things? You know, Meghan, Meghan says it's actually somebody blocking a grandson from his grandmother, but they're vague about who's doing that. Megxit is really what you get into in episode five. She's mad that she was not invited to the Sandringham Summit. Do you not know? I mean, I hate to say... Like, do you not know your place? You're brand new into the family. You're brand new into a system that has existed for a thousand years, Christo, and you clearly have no respect for it. And in and at this time, Prince William, we learn, thinks that Meghan has leaked to the times that he has bullied them out of the family. Why in God's green earth is he going to want her to pull up to Sandringham for this big me meeting and showdown? I wouldn't want her there. And then we learn as Harry's pulling out of the Sandringham meeting, this is the big teaser of what, what the palace lied about, that the palace is releasing a, uh, a press release that's signed by both Harry and William saying that William did not bully Harry and Meghan. Uh, and that, they the remi that they remained united as brothers, basically. 
Yes. And Harry complained <laughs> at the end of that episode, um, I never signed that statement, it was a lie, that statement was put out without my knowledge. Yes, which is basically Harry telling us William did bully us out of the family. He talks about uh, William yelling at him and it being so terrifying during this, this, this summit, how Charles lies. Okay, what did he lie about? And how the Queen just sits there and observes the chaos. Uh, yeah, which I, I don't believe. I don't believe that the Queen would just sit there and observe the chaos, number one. And number two, I'm, uh, a lot of this we do need to remember is all... Um, speculation on their part none of it can oh, yeah. be actually proven nothing is challenged at all in this thing it's just it's so irresponsible you can't call something like this a documentary there's absolutely no proof that it exists them telling us that the palace leaked stories about megan that weren't true i've never heard of that have i heard of story swapping yes and uh, when the boys were teens i i definitely heard of story swapping they didn't want william to be caught out in a in a bar, so they might give them a story about Harry to, to make sure that William's reputation stays clean. Yes, I've heard of that. I actually, that's a typical Hollywood strategy. It's a typical political strategy. I don't think there's anything too salacious about that. And, and um, also, uh, it, it, it screams of incredible naivety. And maybe again, this is an interesting point. I'm not sure it's a point that warrants a six hour documentary, but there is a point here in saying that. The, I'm sorry, but if you are not in the line of succession, you are your cannon fodder. You are they, yeah. the, the 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 royal family, the offices of the royal family. They're never going to put out stories that make you look better than the heir or the the second in line to the throne. It's never going to happen. So if there is a story out that makes you look bad, they're not going to say, "Well, actually, sorry, no, 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 Kate." was awful because kate is in the line to be the next queen consort that that is that, so they're never going to do that and unfortunately perhaps there's a naivety around that in thinking that the palace would 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 protect them one thing i found quite interesting about it and an interesting contradiction but in at one point they were complaining that they were getting terrible press coverage and it was completely unfair and megan was getting awful awful headlines and then the next minute they were saying then they went to the Remembrance Sunday ball and their hearts she sank stole the front page. when Megan was on the front page of all the front pages of all the newspapers and they all said, Megan dazzles, Megan looks amazing, Megan looks wonderful. And they said, my heart sank because I was the one that got all the coverage and, oh no, you know, and it should have been the Queen. And, and it meant that I was getting all of the good press coverage, so therefore the rest of the royals were jealous of me. Well... Two minutes ago, you were saying you got all of the terrible press coverage, and that was why the royals were happy that you were around. So that was a total contradiction and, and total hypocrisy, right? That happened a to uh, different time in the documentary where she's, you know, the crying part where she's saying she's being harassed online, and you start to feel real sympathy for her, and less than five minutes later, she's saying everybody in the country was so sad to see me go. The guy that was on my airplane took off his hat and knelt down and thanked me for everything I ever did. And I, like, tweeted, was it Nelson Mandela's relative? <laughs> like, that's very Nelson Mandela quote of you. But, yeah, I it, they are, it's littered. It's littered with contradictions. Um, 
Oh, uh, and you, can I just say really quickly yes. in regards to your story about that? Um, there are several documentaries that mention, I I want to say it's the opening of Parliament. There is a specific event where Diana wore her hair up for the very first time and stole attention away from the Queen and Princess Margaret. And I think several people said to Diana, never do that again because you stole attention away from the Queen. So I do feel like they just watched a lot of Diana documentaries and said, how can we make all of this sound like Meghan? In 1984, at the state opening of Parliament, Princess Diana arrived with the Queen at the Palace of Westminster. An annual event, it's one of the most important constitutional occasions in the royal year. On this occasion, there were gasps from the crowd as she stepped from the coach. She had changed her hairstyle. She turned her hair up at the back. Now, nobody had ever seen her bare neck before. Now, a neck is not very exciting, except when Diana exposes it. And on this occasion, she did it. It was front page everywhere. The Queen was beside herself with anger. Princess Margaret took her aside and told her that she must never, ever upstage the Queen again. For Diana, the incident was a stark reminder of the forces at work within the royal family. They, they, it is littered with um, comparisons toward Diana and the interesting thing is as well that I think I mean love all those Diana she did trash Charles in the panorama interview which again they show more clips again from, three or four times they show more clips from the panorama documentary which has been completely debunked but even so Diana does go on does slag off Charles in the panorama documentary it's it's without a doubt she does but she makes very clear that she has respect for the Queen and she makes very clear that it is her job to be mother to the future King and that the line of succession to William is of paramount importance to her. So I think she would be absolutely horrified that Harry yeah. is, is trashing and, and damaging the institution that William is, is born to lead at some point. I completely agree with you. And just to round off episode five, and this goes into the story you were mentioning earlier, Harry says that he doesn't think they'll ever get a sincere apology from the family. And if you're, a, if you're, if you're you or me, you sit back and go, apologize for what? You guys are monsters. I mean, I'm telling you, Christo, I really think that Megan learned how the game was played early on and had a counterattack coming in from the states i think she had her and i i've heard us weekly and some former employees of star talk about this how she had a pr firm in the states that we was on the counter attack and i think if william is feeling if william is getting any sense that there is somebody working against him on the inside i think that he's going to respond he is very much a, a, an astute leader um but he, like you said i think it's the daily mail today is suggesting that uh you know okay they might be invited for the coronation but they're probably going to state that the only way they'll show up is if there's this big sit down and, 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 it's, and, it's and an the, apology the, the sun on sunday Prince oh, okay, thank Harry you. and wife Meghan want a royal apology, and they're th apparently they've seen that Ngozi Falani has received this apology from Lady Susan Hussey, and they're saying, well, look, if she's had an apology, why can't we? Um, should the palace apologise? Should the palace respond in any way? No. 
never complain, never explain. And why do we always say Lady Susan Hussey, Prince William's godmother, and not say Prince Andrew, Prince Harry's godfather? It's like people tr are trying to stir it up by associating Lady Susan Hussey with Prince William when he was out of the country well, uh, when the incident happened. Unfortunately, because of the accusations from Harry and Meghan now of, of, of yes. rife royal racism, they can't... What should have happened with Lady Susan Hussey, I passionately believe that, that there should have been a suspension of her duties while they looked into what happened. If, if during the exchange there was any racial insensitivity, maybe brought on by the deafness, maybe brought on by, by um, you know, frustration at not getting the answer, maybe not asking the correct question, sitting down apologising, having a conversation about it, coming to some sort of resolution should have been enough for her to be able to return to her duties. Because isn't that what life is all about? That sometimes you might make a mistake, you might say something that's misinterpreted, you might have something happen that means that you are accused of something which your deep-rooted deep intent was not... Um, was inaccurate to, to make that your intent, but you sit down, you apologise, you have a conversation, you come to a resolution, and that should have meant that she could return to her duties. But the fact is they fired her, and then you can't go back from firing her. And, and no. they did that because of the fact that without doing it, it would have given ammunition to Harry and Meghan, and that's the problem. I, I like to live my life presuming that people... Um, should be given the benefit of the doubt and should be given a yeah. chance. If they're given a chance, if Lady Susan Hussey had said, no, I refuse to meet Ngozi Falani, I won't sit down with her, I'm, uh, I've got nothing to, to, to learn, nothing to apologise for, I would then say, quite legitimately, well, you know what, y you shouldn't be returning to duties. But what she did was sit down, try and educate herself about what the problems were, try and work out on both sides, whether more could be done. There was a wonderful statement put out saying actually both both of them learned something from it and that they wanted to draw a line under it and it had been a really constructive meeting and this should be an example of when people disagree on something, it being resolved in an amicable way. Well, it's not been that amicable for her losing her job. Also, the other thing I find difficult to believe about that story is... You know, and I keep using the expression, the LLR, you know, Susan Hussey's a late-life racist. You know, she sat down with Nelson Mandela at various receptions, but but, but Nelson Mandela didn't make her racist, and Gozi Falani did. Well, that's yeah. arguably ridiculous. For 60 years, she was at Commonwealth events, and now she's suddenly racist? Ridiculous. It's, it is ridiculous. But speaking of racism, Tyler Perry has some strong thoughts about the royal family, and we learn all about them in episode six, where we also learn that he's Lily's godfather. Uh, one thing you notice that they did not include in the documentary, which uh, I noticed you tweeted about earlier, was when um, Meghan decided... Uh, uh, now, Meghan seems to have a lot of... Uh, 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 oh, oh, I'm so sorry. Hang on a sec. Sorry, Kinsey. Sorry. Hang on. It's happened again. I'm so sorry. It's Beyonce. She's texted me again. Oh, dear, no. again. Tell her I said hi. Beyonce. Do you know I, what? Did you, see when I, did you see when I tweeted, I wonder if it's Greta Thunberg? Because yeah. I remember how very funny. Um, oh, oh, Williams texted me as well. This Isn't it funny that the cameras are on me once again when these texts come in? And also, let's not forget the amount of times that they had the camera on them when they were crying or in, a, in, a, yeah. in an upset situation. And, of course, let's not forget that this was missing from the documentary. Megan, when she visited... 
was it after the mass shooting in Texas that she decided yes, to visit children. and lay flowers and, yeah. and there was a camera crew with her? Of children, yes. There was a mass shooting of children in Texas and we were horrified. You and I covered that immediately and we were both like, that is the most insensitive thing you could ever do to try to insert yourself in this. Yeah, it's it's a tricky one. Now, what do you think about the coronation? Because on the one hand, if they're invited, there's a real danger that it's going to end up in the next six episodes of their documentary, Volume 3. Um, or, But if they're not invited, then it gives ammunition to say, well, look, look at this, with the whole family are terrible racists. Yeah, well, I, you know, I was reading Tom Bower's Revenge, and he says that the Queen was very oh, this into isn't, the, sorry, the this long isn't, game. This isn't the Harry and Meghan book that Harry and Meghan accidentally contributed to, but Harry and Meghan <laughs> forgot that they accident. That was the other one, wasn't it? Finding That freedom. was the other freedom. one. This is, this is, this is the cool. one that they did not sue about, the very litigious couple. This is the one that they did not sue about, which is Tom Bauer's Revenge. And he talked about how the Queen was very savvy and, and always saw the bigger picture and was committed to the long game. And I have got to just tell myself that this is the, this is the long game and prince charles king charles it, you know he's got something up his sleeve maybe they do look like hypocrites if they show up maybe you know they do show up with cameras and the reaction is so horrible that they never return again i, I don't know it, it is going to be a difficult one for the royal family to negotiate and also you know they are creating a situation where they are going to be alienated from the family. The family aren't going to want to have open discussions in front of them. The family aren't going to want to talk freely in front of them. And they and that, I think, is going to fuel them saying, well, look, they're all a bunch of racists. They're, they're not including us anymore. And I've heard that William will not talk to Harry. Like, he doesn't want to put things in writing. And um, actually, I just read this, too, and I thought it was crazy that Harry, or that Meghan has reached out several times to William. I would not. Why are you texting William? Why are you calling William? You are. This is. You're not a close relative you you walked into the family and immediately started stirring the pot chill out yeah and also you could have solved all of the problems with your own family by just inviting them to your wedding that would have actually oh. solved it all love christo i'm on with him every sunday morning on talk tv at 5 30 a.m if you'd like to check us out in real time i typically tweet about it to give you a heads up i'm at kinsey schofield now let's take a listen to my friend Johnny and I. Johnny is a very outspoken monarchist on Twitter. He's become a very good friend to me. And I think you're going to agree with a lot of what he has to say about Harry and Meghan. Hi guys, Kenzie Schofield here yeah. with the To Die For Daily podcast. I'm here with um, one of my favorite Twitter follows at Chef Johnny84. Honestly, if you were to ask me what what did you think of that documentary? docu-series I would say god it was boring but what did make my blood boil was all of the attacks on William what is your reaction to that I 100% agree um I think if anyone watched as I lovingly call it the 90 day fiance not caught um <laughs> I it's disturbing because we live in a world now where there are people out there that will dedicate their entire life to like living vicariously through someone else. In this case, Megan and Harry, 
and by them like constantly attacking William. And yeah, it's it starts with eggs towards the king. Yeah, but th- th- it doesn't. It you know, words nowadays matter. And right. If someone feels that you have hurt or as you know, Tyler Perry says abused. You know, even though they were referring, I mean, he he was alluding to them again. So he could be talking about William, he could be talking about Catherine, but the royal family, the institution, the firm, the men in gray suits, or the British press. It doesn't matter. People on the who are King Sussex have had it out for William since day one. Right. And they they tend to forget that when something was issued from a Kate from Kensington Palace. That Meghan and Harry lived, had their offices there too, for right. a long time until they separated. But they, they just see Kensington Palace. So I think it's scary to be, and I, I, you know, I hate to sound overdramatic, but just because of what I've seen, and I know you've seen living here in America, and just like how polarized things are and how crazy some people can be, it's, it really scares me. And I totally believe what Di Davies said that about how he it really and this is a man who was like the chief of like the royal protection officers for like a a long time that he is really concerned for the safety of the royal family because of the followers of harry and megan because it only takes one person that's true that's true and that yeah that's what they're just it's it's scary i mean like you know words nowadays mean a lot more than what they used to and well, I, I, especially also, now that people live in an echo chamber. It also bothers me that if you do study the history of the royal family, you know that William spent a lot of time protecting Harry, protecting Harry from their mother's activities, protecting Harry from their father's activities, protecting Harry from the media. And it just feels like the ultimate betrayal to me that Harry would say that William was that William bullied them out. He was the bad guy. When in reality, this is probably yeah, this oh yeah, right. When in reality, this is probably William trying to protect his brother again from somebody that's somebody that's we we're not we're still not sure what Megan's ultimate objectives are because like I said before, we didn't get to see what the hell Archwell was doing. What are you guys doing? What do you want to do? I mean, you just showed us that you had a couple of successful royal engagements. Congratulations, everyone can everyone in the family can say that. Um, but it it just it kind of briles me up because William specifically protected Harry throughout their youth, protected him from horrible stories about their parents, protected them from the truth about their parents, protected him from media, protected him from some bad media. And it's like, how can you be so selfish to to try to create this animosity towards your brother when your brother spent so much of his life. I mean, even when Harry was playing the plus one, the tag along, the third wheel, that was William and Catherine knowing the strength in their popularity and bringing Harry exactly. along to, to manage his. And not only that, but the strength in, you know, in, in, in their relationship and what they built together over the years that they were together, the tribulations they had to be put through. Like, I would think that seeing how much they went through together, what, they were together for 10 years almost before they got married? Yeah. That, like, 
I mean, if I had a brother that did that, I would be like, I want something to emulate that. Right. And so I, I think, you know, which a lot of people think goes down to, you know, that Megan has had it out for William ever since he said, you know, take your time with this girl. Yes. That 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 that, that was, you know, game over for her regards to William because she um, she might have lost her pride. Mm-hmm. And so from that from that point on, it was all bets are off. Um, but William was just like, look what I did with my own life, with my right. own wife, and look at what we built together. Like, if anything, because of their troubled childhood, you know, I would I would want my brother to do that, you know, to and and I would as I, I'm a younger brother myself, that you know when I. I would want to see what, how, be around that positivity. And so, yeah, like you said, to see it just completely just wiped away with just, just like searing remarks. I mean, it, it's funny that Megan called it medieval times, right? Because it's like we're in medieval times right now where the younger brother is trying to usurp the, you know, the air. Yeah, I thought about that I a mean, couple of times. I, I don't, it's just, yeah, I, it's just, it's so troubling. Like in so many ways, it's troubling. But we also and, can tell by the way that the um, do- documentary is created, with Tyler Perry being such a focal character. With uh, you know, I mean, Tyler Perry to me, having Tyler Perry be the voice that says they were abused by the royal family and he wants nothing to do with the royal mm. family, to me, that yeah. is them branding themselves specifically for an American audience because Tyler is pretty universally 100%. loved. And he is. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. And and so to me, it's like they did brand this thing for America. And maybe perhaps the thought process is, hey, we're never going to be number one in the UK, but we can be the royal rebels in America. Yeah. And and I find that and, and which is, you know, great if that's what they want. But America does love, you know, an underdog and all that. But we also don't like people that just harp on the same thing over and over and over and over again right because at some point that does get old yeah i mean no one likes to hear the same thing over and over and over again so yeah it just it's yeah it just it it just bothers me a lot that tyler perry talked said that they were abused like he saw his mother get abused harry lacked adult abilities i think harry lacked capability of taking care of his family because he had just blissfully enjoyed being taken care of by an entire staff and and monarchy and family his entire entire life yeah so so country that was behind him so it must be so abusive to sit back and never have your card declined i mean must be so abusive to to have somebody, you know, well, feed you three or four times a day and, and you never have to worry about grocery shopping. Like that's not abuse, Tyler Perry. Or These ever just... have to go through TSA. I mean, exactly. God forbid that you'd ever have to like wait in custom somewhere. Well, you know, what bothers me the most is that James Holt, who was a part of like the royal household, would go and say that Jason Knauf, like, in, or no, that Valentine Lowe, admitted that oh i can't remember the quote but it was something to do with the fact that like valentine Lowe admitted that he was allowed to write something like it's like no like that's oh, i can't remember what it was that's bothering me 
I'll have to look it up and I'll tweet about it. But I think yeah, I, I mean, know what you're talking about. It It was in, he says that like, people spoke out specifically to counteract the Oprah interview. Oh Is yes. That, that he admitted that it was, that it was like to, to, to like a dance to damage Megan's credibility before the Oprah interview. And that's it not, that's, and that's not what he wrote or said at all. And so it's like, if anyone's twisting anything, it's, the Sussex camp. I would also argue <laughs> oh. that that if if people that okay, I mean, this is my biggest argument when it comes to people that work within the British royal family and within the royal institution. Mm-hmm. Their paychecks are dismal. I mean, you are literally oh, for sure. working for the family oh, yeah. because you let you want you are proud of the family. You, okay. I mean, and it's like that yeah. in Hollywood too. You get crap paychecks if you work with like big deal people because <laughs> they they know that anybody oh, yeah, will like work my, for them. But um, yes, I had a cousin that started in the mailroom of a very you know high powered agency, and she like made a pittance. Yeah, and worked twenty hours a day. So but when people are coming do. out, speaking out against Oprah, the Oprah interview, it's because they didn't want the they didn't want Harry and Meghan to be able to lie about the people that they cared about. And ultimately, they wanted to talk out against the people that drove them out of a place that they had worked so hard to get to, which was working for the well, royal family. People were devastated to leave their jobs. I mean, it's just, again, so much deflection. They're they're accusing everybody of doing things that they the actually did. Well, and what bothers me also is it's, it's almost that they're di- like the, 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 the attorney, Jenny Alfia, I think is her name. You know, when she was in that, the palace and the princes or something, that BBC documentary that they did were saying, oh, well, I know what, you know, Megan isn't like that. And because my daughter called me a bully for making me do, for having, making her do her homework. Right. But these are people that like, you're, Megan wasn't a position of power. She was like a member of the royal family. Yes. And these people were her in the olden days considered their servants. Right. Right. And so it's almost like she's saying they don't matter. It doesn't matter what they say because they were paid to do what I told them to do. So it's almost as if she's dismissing the entire concept of like, you know, no, these are people that may not be equal to you in terms of where they rank in like the employment world. But right. Their words. Their words, their feelings matter just as much as yours do. And they deserve to be heard. Okay, so what was your, what, what moment in the sh- entire six hours um, annoyed you the uh, most? <laughs> what annoyed me the most? You know, says, you know, someone finally understood my sacrifice. Mm. You sacrificed nothing. Like when you were done with suits, and we all, I mean, this, the show was on for seven seasons. It, it, it wasn't friends. Okay. Like, right. It was going to end soon. Like where were like you, your career had, a, had an expiration date. She's certainly not a Meryl Streep. Like, let's be realistic. Girl, you were like, going you back to Hallmark. Sense. You were going back to Hallmark. And to go write, you know, wedding invitations for, you know, <laughs> singers or something. I just, <laughs> I just it bothers me that like she says she sacrificed so much. You didn't sacrifice anything. You right. Did 72 engagements in two years and you went on private planes when you said you they you didn't have access to your passport. <laughs> like what? 
That's so funny. I forgot like, about that. Like none of that. It's just, in the, you know, it's just, yeah, it's. Well, thank yeah, you so much you for think? your time what, what, today. I, I'm like, yeah, I, I know I've kept, I've kept you it's on fine. here for so long. So thank you so much for no, um, I, talking to me. I hope I'm a, I was decent at, you know, doing this is the first time I've ever done anything like this, except for like an e-help visit. <laughs> no, you did great. So, um, yeah, so, so how can people follow yeah. you on social media? So at Chef Johnny 84. And that's, that's it. You know, I, that's my little, that's my public mess. And then I have my private, you know, Perfect. life that I keep, but yeah, that's the one people can follow me on. Perfect. And All right. Yeah, well, thank you so um, much for your time today. No, thank you. You have a great day and try to stay warm in this cold Southern California weather. It is, it is freezing. Okay. Bye. It is freezing. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to the To Die For Daily Podcast with Kinsey Schofield. Please subscribe to hear more from your favorite royal commentators. Cheers.